0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: You know, like everybody else, I am totally amazed by the swift rise to stardom of AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez She is cute, she's articulate, she's smart, and she seems like a fun person But the story she tells about herself is about how hard her life was before she got elected She was a, a bartender and she had to clean tables, but you know what? She's not uneducated. She went to university, and it seems to me that a person who has dazzled the country in just a couple of months could easily have moved into a a sales role for a good company, right? I don't know why she's saying she was at the bottom. I have to wonder what happened. Did she just need some career counseling? I mean, she had the guts to run for office. She's willing to make mistakes in public. She makes a lot of them, and she doesn't seem to be correct, but – Hey, Jerry, oh, this I thought is I was on time.
2: mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody's I'm on sorry. mute. Okay. Okay. She's All making right. mistakes. I didn't know if you were going to get into the uh, federal elections uh, committee stuff that they've now uncovered on her in, that's the, in nothing. the past couple of days. That is nothing. Let me finish, okay? Okay. I'll, I'll just say, you said she's made some mistakes, and I'm like, hell yeah, clearly. No,
1: that, that's not as big Are we going thing. political? Let me finish. Okay. I only All got right. two more sentences. Okay. She had the guts. She had the guts to run for office. She's willing to make mistakes in public, even in front of people like Jerry. Okay, and she and doesn't F-E-C. seem she doesn't seem to be crushed by public criticism. She's got a lot of guts, right? She's very resilient. So I have to wonder if there's a lot of people out there like her who are an inch an inch away from being superstars, and they they just don't know it. Especially the bartenders. You know, there's a number of. Former bartenders in recruiting, okay. But actually, but none of them are, uh, you know, here. On Jerry, Jerry, what show
2: is this? This is the recruiting animal. I want, I
1: want to thank my sponsors, Honit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology, HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. Not Swiss Army cheese, okay? Swiss Army knife, okay? Uh, AOC, you don't, you don't find her uh, a good candidate, Jerry? You wouldn't send her out to a company?
3: Look, I'm not going to. You get just in. don't want to admit it. I'm you're not, not going to get into this.
2: You're the. W- okay. You're the one that that said. I I, I don't want to get into this. Okay. Leave it. But leave just behind. watch. Just watch what happens with this superstar over the next. Uh, I don't know. Week. Two weeks. Nothing's Her whole happen, campaign. Exactly. Uh, she she ran a whole series of shell games. Yeah. Okay. You said hey, look at you know, everybody. The guy says, I, I don't want to yeah. talk about it, and he can't stop. Okay. I stop running on about it.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. let's get to the guest This guest was on not long ago I just remember his name I don't remember anything he told us But he said he wasn't satisfied with his performance And he wanted to come here and take us on again And I like that attitude Yeah His name is Jason Barber Jason
2: Barber, welcome back
1: Hey, welcome back You're welcoming me back? Not no, it's back. my yeah, house back. No yeah, Welcome oh, is, back yeah. Okay
2: Welcome home.
1: I'm, Welcome I'm glad home. to be okay, here. Okay, yeah. Okay, look, Jason Barber got his start. This is what he says himself by selling the hard way, going door to door and getting rejected over and over again. Yeah. And, and Jesus, that taught him to be resilient to rejection. Okay? What were you selling door to door, Jason Barber?
3: New, uh, newspaper subscriptions.
2: In <laughs> How San Diego. Oh, were
3: you a San, San, San Diego. I was, uh, no, I was uh I was 13. I was selling the San Diego Tribune, and it was awesome, uh-huh. and I would well, well, go door-to-door, door, and some creepy guy would pick me up And a – seriously, we wouldn't let our kids do it now, but some creepy guy would pick me up in a panel van and take these teenage boys out, and we would sell the San Diego Tribune newspaper subscriptions. Uh-huh. And but my he never molested parents, you. Were you molested? I already don't like any of
2: this. I don't like this. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, I,
1: I used to – when I was 11 or 12, I used to deliver pamphlets door-to-door for a roofer. He used to pick us up in a van, and we went out to neighborhoods and, and did it. Nothing nothing he ever happened.
3: Never. I was never yeah, – He was a great I was guy. Never. I
1: really liked him. He was very nice. Yeah. He was, To me, was he was a grown-up. But he was a young guy in his 20s. Anyway. I was never okay. I
3: was never assaulted. Okay,
1: so – that made but you resilient wife? to rejection. You're only 13. Yeah. You were selling uh, things. This isn't like a big rejection. Uh, or were you scared to start off with? Were you nervous about it? Is
3: like, what's the well, key? No, I, I want most, most people are. But but here's the thing. When you're 12 or 13, you're still kind of. I mean, most people. I would say 95% of people can't handle rejection. So they uh-huh. don't like to be. They don't like. You know, uh, selling. They don't like cold you know going up to somebody cold and pitching them and um and that's where I got my start and I was really bad at it at first and I didn't enjoy it at first but I liked and I knew at the end of the route if I just knocked on enough doors you know I'd make you know 10 15 bucks for the day and for you know a 13 year old kid that's you know huge money Okay, so you were working home.
1: on statistics. You were working on statistics uh, back then when you were 13 because, Jerry, we and I used to talk a, a fair bit about that here, how many calls you have to make to make a placement or get a send out or, you know, right, recruit exactly. a candidate. Yeah,
3: my motive was baseball cards. So I loved – I was a collector of baseball cards. I loved, you know, I loved baseball. And I knew that if I wanted to buy more baseball cards that I needed to sell more of these – newspaper subscriptions and okay um, let me hold on let was, me
1: interrupt let me interrupt please sorry okay when you got did you said you didn't like it at first did you sort of get over not liking it or did you ever were you ever enthusiastic about it did you ever really say hey I'd like to get out there and talk to people at the, at their doorsteps
3: yeah I, I don't say I was enthusiastic about it what I to me it was just you know hey this is what they told me I had to do I just I took the job for what it was I took it at face value I didn't like, okay, but I mean at the, the beginning, door. I want to
1: make this informative, okay? What? I'm not just interested in your life story, okay? This, this, I want to creepy know. The guy what? in the
2: van said if you don't get out there and do this, you're never seeing your parents again. That kind yeah. of stuff.
3: That's <laughs> well, what the that creepy guy did.
2: That, that, that's, that's another sales tactic. That.
3: That was, an yeah, innuendo. I, that was more innuendo. I mean, that was... I wanted to know, I, a, listen I mean, to yeah. Jason, listen to me. Jason, listen to me.
1: I just want to know, did they give you a pitch? Uh, did you get better yeah. at it? Did you become more conversational? I want to know how your sales technique and your sales attitude improved over time. Or, you know, maybe that didn't happen. I just want to, I want to find well, out what it was, wanted, you know, how you yeah. matured as a salesperson.
3: Okay. Well, at the ripe young age of 13... I matured real quickly. I learned to always talk to the women and not the men. So I learned that right away. So if I got a, if I got the stay-at-home wife and I was, you know, I can kind of play, you know, to her heartstrings, for whatever reason, I knew I could close the woman and had a much harder time closing you know the the man of the house. So that was kind of my okay. When you, know, you say
1: close, when you say close, did you actually have techniques you use to close them? Like, did you have a structure to your presentation? That's. I'll move on, but I want to know if no, you, since, you're no, no, it, no, since you're bragging about since no. you're bragging about it on your on your LinkedIn page, yes. I want to know if you know if it, it was, you were not a real salesperson, or you were just a kid. It sounds like you were just was, a kid.
3: Yeah. But I had okay. some. But I had like a rule of thumb. Like I knew like. All right, if okay. I got to... let's move on to your next
1: job. Hold on. Let's move on. Age nineteen. He worked for he writes about himself in the third person, which is as phony as hell. Don't do it. At the age of nineteen he worked for a leading He worked for a leading automotive group in Michigan and became the number one sales rep in two short months. That must have been a hell of a company if they get a nineteen year old kid in there and he becomes the top person in, in, in a couple of weeks.
3: No, I said two weeks, a couple months, man. Yeah, okay.
1: A couple of months, couple of months is just a few weeks, okay? Go ahead.
3: <laughs> what were you selling? So, <laughs> what were you selling? Let's be concrete. A couple, a couple of months
0: is just a few days, too. I, yeah, I was selling right. used cars. I was selling used, used cars. But,
3: yes, I was selling used cars. Um, I can I tell you can I tell you guys a story of how I got the job?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
3: Okay. Do you do you remember the movie Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? No. And okay, so in that movie, Will Smith shows up. He's all, he's trying to get a job at the whatever investment firm. And he's all like, you know, has paint on himself and looks all raggedy, right? Well, that is exactly how I got this job. So uh, a guy I went to church with, uh, he said, Hey, man, my general manager is looking for a really good uh, salesman. You should, you know, come by and talk to him. And I'm like, Oh, sweet. That'd be awesome because I hate painting pools. And so I'm painting pools in Traverse City, Michigan. And so I go to these resorts, and, and I was terrible at it, right? And I was constantly, you know, getting threatened to be fired because I wasn't really good at it. And so half, so I had to drive from Traverse City to another, you know, Gaylord was the, the name of the town. Don't drag and it out. Don't industry. drag it out. Well, Side note, this is, this is I was just really at the cool.
2: Tim Hortons in Gaylord uh, three days ago.
3: <laughs> there you go. So, so this is really interesting. As I'm driving through, he's like, hey, you got to come now and talk to Randy, the GM. And I'm like, okay, but, dude, I'm, like, in painting clothes. So I show up to an interview covered in paint, like I'm a painter, you know, painting pools, and I get the job. And so come to find out that the guy who hired me, it was kind of a crappy company, he was laundering money, and he was fired in two months, and I took over – I ended up taking over the dealership.
1: All right. (laughs) That's the like so, yeah. It. it wasn't because you were so fantastic. It's because there was yeah. only two of you, and one of you got fired. Okay,
2: <laughs> dude, you <laughs> got to take what you what you get and sell it, man. I I, I like what Jason's done here.
0: What we all do. Hey, uh, I'm dealership. curious. How much was he paying you when he first started at the car lot? Two hundred
3: and fifty bucks a week. This was in nineteen ninety nine. Two hundred and fifty bucks a week, and, and you know what? They had five dealerships, so it wasn't just a, a rinky dink. And by the time I was twenty four I was running three of them. So I started when okay. I was nineteen. I had five Did you know by anything by about cars?
1: Here's a question. Did you know Nothing. anything about cars Nothing.
3: when you started there? Nothing. I don't know. Pardon even me? Think I owned a car.
1: <laughs> you know what? Is that I your didn't... line that's so lousy? I mean, the sound on this show is terrible. I can't stand that.
3: <laughs> Go ahead. Cars animal. Nothing.
1: Okay. Not you know, problem. cars
4: are not a bad thing. My my husband's stepdad made over 60 million with car dealerships. Uh
1: huh. Okay. So yeah.
4: okay. don't don't poo poo them.
1: I won't poo poo on anything. Okay. But okay. But here's the thing. So when he was 23, he moved into a medical staffing company. Okay. Am I right, uh, Jason?
3: Not 23. No, it's 20 whatever. 28.
1: Oh, you're already 28. But, uh, so you've been a bit, listen, you've been working for listen. nine years already by
3: that time. Yeah, but but you're not allowed to ask me about my age. That's illegal in recruiting and HR. That's I'm not going to hire you.
1: Hey, although you sound like a good hire. Okay, look. So Kathy <laughs> said this this guy, her her father-in-law or whoever it is, made 60 million dollars. You were bragging about how good you were doing, and you didn't make 60 million. In
3: fact, you left the not. business.
1: I you left not. the business yeah, I, to move. I did. Okay, you moved into uh, recruiting. But was there anything about being a used car salesman, the classic job of selling? Did you was there anything you took from that job into your new uh, recruiting role?
3: Um. Yes, I think. You know, you know, uh, car sales is a little bit different because you spend a lot of money on advertising and. About 50% of your traffic is lead gen that you get from advertising, whether it's newspaper, you know, print, radio. Okay, let me ask you. That's
1: something I'm interested in. Is that a huge difference? If you have to, is it? Is it? uh, If you've been, let's say, selling uh, cars for two years on a lot, you have to talk to all kinds of people all day long. So you've got a lot of experience talking to people and presenting a product, but you're not going out. And doing your own lead generation, uh, new business development—are those two radically different things? So you could be good on a lot, but still not be a, a good all-round salesperson because you can't bring in new business.
3: I think I don't. I wouldn't call them radically different. I would just say that they're like adjacent skills. So you know, having having inbound leads coming to you, and if you just live off inbound leads at a dealership level, you'll be a mediocre salesperson. So. Uh, so kind of the rule of thumb in car sales is the 20 car guy. So if you were to talk to any of your, you know, anybody, you know, in the car business say, Hey, I've got a sales rep and he, you know, he's putting out 20 cars a month. That's kind of the gold standard, right? So that gold standard 20 car guy, and I was a guy that, you know, I'd put up 30 cars a month. And so the, the folks that are doing that, they're doing a combination of both. You're, you're getting inbound lead generation from advertising, but really the gold standard was you would. Off, augment your business and your actual uh, pipeline by actually picking up the phone, making appointments, and calling people that you've done business with, before. Saying, "Hey, I got this really sweet blah blah blah." Okay, but actually, those uh, were
1: those were just following up. Those were different. That was just following up established no, leads. Okay, I'm talking different. about generating the no. leads yourself.
3: It's the same thing. Okay. No, it's the same thing. Animal. No, it
1: isn't. It's hey, who wants? Let's vote on that. Jerry, is that the same thing? Where you've got a, uh, you're going through your old your old files and calling up the those people. It's it's quite different from calling someone you've never spoken to before. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Before. Before. Uh,
3: I, I, okay uh, okay, I'll give you that. But still, but still, you would get you could still lead Jen or call people that have never bought from you before, and do the same process. It's the same process. If they bought from you before, yeah, it's kind of a warm call or, you know, there's an established relationship, but you can use the same process. That's the point I was trying to make. Yes, it's different. If somebody's bought from you before, I get that. But when you go cold and they don't know you from Adam, that you're right. That is a different process. But a a good car guy who can do 20-plus units a month, they are hunters. you got to have that hunter mentality, and, you know, I I quickly developed that. You know, early on in my How career. How much money and does so, a
2: does a car salesperson make selling 20, 25 cars a month?
3: Six figures. They're going to be low six figures. So if it's if it's a if it's a high end high line dealership like Mercedes Audi, you know maybe oh. it's you know a buck and a you know buck and a quarter, buck and a half. If it's somebody, you know if it's a Kia dealership, you know maybe. 80, 90. So huh. that's typically what a, a good, you know, a good car guy. So
1: would make. Why, why? Hold on. To, here's, let me before I ask
2: you. Hold what on. I hold on. The
0: shift. In.
3: Oh, oh. I
0: was oh. I was going to oh. ask real quick. You, you said that that a car sales guy that moves or puts out twenty cars a month is a hunter. What are the activities that that define or th- good that question. a person that would be a hunter in car sales are engaged in? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is kind of funny.
3: It's funny because I talk, my clients are still in the automotive space. And so uh, the activities that a hunter would have is they're going to, you know, they're going to pick up the phone and spend and two call to three hours on the call, call, call leads from the service department, call leads from the parts department call friends and references from people you sold cars to so let's say I, you know, I sold a car to a guy and I needed to get personal you know sometimes the bank requires references well you call those references and like hey you know I took care of your buddy Johnny came in he bought a blah 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 for me hey I just got in this blah 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 I think it could be a you know really great vehicle for you would you you know would you be interested to come by and take a look at it and so that's what all you right. would optimize. your activity would be on the phone trying to get appointments and it's all about closing to the appointment getting them you know in the door you know through every whatever medium possible whether it's a digital marketing medium whether it's a you know text message medium whether it's an email it's all about that in you know high okay, level well, of what if they business.
1: said what if they said hey Jason I don't think I'm ready for a car right now what would you do
3: I would I would I would get into an argument with them <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. you know you Go got to be impressed. <laughs>
4: You have to be impressed because he's calling people to get their money. I mean, that's that's we're well, calling people to get to make their money. Everybody in sales is trying to find
0: out who's got their money. Yeah. No,
4: but no, but you know, he's calling people to have them spend you know forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and that's different or, from or us. 300 who are bucks a offering. Month, yeah. yeah, and we're offering no, you, as. Rec- I want,
1: well, are you serious? You you struggled with them when they no. said no.
2: Oh, I didn't show. I mean, you just it's, it's animal prospect. loved that. He thought, "Yes, finally, uh, yeah." Uh, that was like, I <laughs> mean, Nirvana for animal. <laughs> he loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, finally, hold that dear, Somebody Wait. that
1: understands. Yeah, him.
2: yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: before Before we move on to why you know you were successful, you were running sales at three uh, different uh, lots uh, dealerships before we find out why you abandoned that and went into recruiting, I I, want to know, you said you chose to come back here on your own. Okay. Is there some burning issues that you feel you didn't cover last time that you want to get
3: covered today? I I think that I, well, first off, you know, I, I really don't feel like my true temperament came out in that first one. I was just, you know, I'm always a, I'm so I'm a a guy who needs second you know like do overs like I'm a do over guy right when I do something uh-huh. for the first time I really suck at it but you know yeah. if I can have good repetitions you know I have yeah. more and more fun with it. I, I didn't feel okay, like I, I got had a little... tip for
1: you I got a tip for you the third time you do it next time you come back to the show get on a better phone I can't stand <laughs> this okay I don't know if it's you but I think it is now look I'm going
0: to do an ad
2: I think it's Kathy. Is it Kathy? I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna I'm mute sorry, you for a second. Before
0: you, hey, animal. Before you go to an ad, can I give a question that he can think about while? Okay, but
1: while first I'm gonna that? Kathy. I'm muting you for a second. To, are you six one nine, Kathy? I am. Okay, oh. hold on. Okay, I put her on mute. Now ask your question.
0: Okay. Hi. So um, the question is: Do you feel that people that are in the auto industry? have hunter skills that are highly transferable into business-to-business sales and if so why go ahead animal and animal you no, have no, you've,
2: we, you've, you've go, solved go ahead, your uh, you've solved your uh phone oh, you want
1: yeah me to, kathy, you
2: an ad or
3: kathy i'm you. sorry
1: it was you okay go ahead answer the question
3: jason okay so i'm doing i'm answering and i'm not we're not doing an ad right Okay, I'll do the ad now. Hold on,
1: I'll do the ad, then you'll answer, okay? Hey everybody. It's recruiting animal here. For P C Recruiter, my good friends there. You know you know what we love about PC Recruiter?
2: Michael G. Cox, what do we love about PC Recruiter? (laughs)
1: It's configurable.
2: <laughs> it's configurable.
1: Yeah, and you know what that means? They don't impose their style of work on you. They let you make the software, do what you want it to, not what some guy up in head office wants it to. That puts the power of recruiting software in your hands, and, and here's an example. PC Recruiter has a, a candidate presentation feature, uh, and you know, you send an email to your client. It connects to to there's a link in it. It, it connects to uh, a profile page for the candidate. You set up that profile page the way you want it to look. Okay, it's not standardized. It's not templated. It's not cookie cutter. You put your branding on it, and then the uh, client can put comments there which you receive there's a you know can grade the person as you know one to five stars it's all what you want it to do okay and uh let me see if there's anything else i can tell you
2: no that's all i want
1: to say now except one final thing it doesn't matter how big you are you can be a small little company or a huge recruiting operation BC recruiter loves you and they want to help you big or small
0: they help.
1: Recruiter. dot net. Okay, back to uh, Jason the barber uh, is going to give a haircut to Mike uh, the recruiter. Well let me just apologize to Kathy. I have to. I'm going to leave you on uh, on uh, on whole on you know blocked out because you're making the fuzzy noise. It's hurting me. Okay,
0: Kathy. Kathy, yes. yes, if you have any questions, I'll. Uh,
4: I'm here. You know, I can't help it. I live right. Are you are you muted? Are, am I muted right now or not? No, no, I, no, can, I, hear, I, can, I can hear you. I can hear you. Oh, I, I can okay. Hear you. I live right next to the seal base when when we moved, and there's extra security put into the telephone lines here, so yeah. our service is horrible, even with the landline.
1: Okay, you're okay so, right now. Uh, I might put you on mute though, but I'll open you up every okay. once in a while. Okay. okay, or or send a tweet or something. I know you don't go on Twitter anymore. Maybe you should and send a message to Mike, Mike uh, and he'll he'll tell me. Okay, answer the okay. question, Jason. Please, uh, <laughs> if anyone forgets, it was uh, if you're in used car sales or car sales, are there uh, skills that you can transfer to business-to-business sales? Am I right about that? Is that the question? Yep. Yep.
3: Okay. Yep. Go ahead. Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Obviously, I think there can be because. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm a product of that. I came from car sales, and um, you know, I'm I'm doing a great job as a B2B, you know, recruiting salesperson. So, and I've hired people out of the car business uh, to recruit, and they've been successful as well. I think the proof is in the pudding. Uh, but but there is additional training they're going to need. I mean, they're not going to be able to come day one and hit the ground running. You're going to have to teach them, you know, the you know the nuances of selling B2B versus. You know, in, in most you know auto you know automotive sales situations, you're dealing with a business to consumer type you know sales cycle or sales process. Now there is now on the commercial side. So in automotive sales, there's a lot of commercial. You know, there's a huge, especially for dealerships, Chevy dealerships. They have a commercial division, and so in that case, you know that person would translate well over into a. How B2B, could you, you if know, you're a recruiting
1: process. manager and if you're a recruiting manager? And you want to attract a car salesperson to your team. How could you make it seem like a, a good move? What prompted you to move when you were successful, apparently, as a car salesperson and a manager, sales manager? Why, why did you move into a new field? Why did you come to, to recruiting?
3: It was the – so the automotive is – it's a grind from an hour's perspective. And so I did it because, I, I mean, I worked you – know, when I first – when I was working in the car business, I was working six days a week you know, 10 hour days, 60, 70 hour weeks. Uh, in most, again, not, I'm not saying all firms are like this, but in most firms, you, you know, you really only need to work 40, 45 hours a week. So that was what, that's what was appealing to me was just getting out of the grind from the car business, being, you know, working till nine o'clock at night. I mean, that, that takes a toll on you. And to this day, I mean, I could go back tomorrow and make, you know, two, 300 grand a year working, you know, running an F&I department for a dealership group. Uh but I'm also, I'm also good, <laughs> but I'm also but I'm also, you know, working until nine o'clock at night and I'm working every Saturday. And so yeah. that's just I mean, for me that is, you know, my time. Time is the most Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't drag it hard.
1: out. No, no, okay. don't
4: drag it out. We got yeah. the point. Can you hear me? Can you, hey, I, can you hear I would, me? Yeah,
1: I would just Yes, disagree Kathy. Go ahead. Kathy. Kathy's I was just corner. gonna
4: say and I don't know if you heard this before, my point being that He's cold calling people and asking them to spend, you know, $60,000. What we're doing is cold calling people, offering them $60,000. So I would think that selling cars would be tremendously harder. You've got to
1: bring in the business, too. I mean, that's what we're talking about, new business generation. You know, you have to bring in clients, too. Yeah, true. Okay. Okay, Okay. listen to what else he says about himself. Listen to what else he says about himself. He said he was a number 10 employee – at this uh, recruiting uh, company he went to, and he helped. This is the kind of stuff you get mad at when you see it in a resume. He helped them grow from $2 million in revenue to $75 million in revenue. What
3: why? part of that why? huge growth? Why are you mad? Why, why does that drive you nuts?
1: Because what's your role? It, $70 million. Oh, what's your
2: part in that? You might have been sweeping the <laughs> you know, floor. Pretty, I don't you know.
3: know. Do you have a calculator? I mean, do you have a calculator and a pad of paper? I'll break it down for you. No, I right, even so, if
2: it was a clean floor that kept the customers coming in uh, and referring other man. customers, man, you want to go to this dealership. The floor is incredible. Then it would be a key part of the growth.
1: Jerry, come on, it, This is when <laughs> he was in recruiting. He helped the recruiting <laughs> firm go from two million a year to yeah. seventy-five.
3: I did, and you know what? I ran recruiting operations nationwide for a medical staffing company that overs- that was a part of Team Health, which is one of the number one physician staffing companies in the U.S., and I oversaw the entire recruiting operations nationwide for medical assistance, which we would recruit and pay them 12 bucks an hour, and we bill them out at $20, $21 an hour. So get out your calculator, add that up. We had 4,000 people on bill. And I led the entire recruiting operation. Okay,
1: okay. What made so, you? And you're not you're not a
3: quadrillionaire right now, just
2: in in the, in the Grand Cayman Islands. I mean, come on. No,
3: no, no, I'm an idiot. I was, I was, I'm, I didn't I mean, know to, I didn't know to ask for equity stake at the time. I didn't know any of that. I just they needed a job done. They they hired me. They hired me on as a. You know, I, I'd only been recruiting for two years, and then I grew into the position after you know being there a couple of years. I was just, I'm just a go getter. So I wasn't smart enough to know to to ask for those things.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. okay. A you're a
1: dummy. You're a go getter, but you're very naive. Okay. I want to hear, tell us, tell us how we can grow. If 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 we're making two million a year right now, how can we grow to? Thirty million, okay. We'll be more modest than uh, the seventy-five million that you were talking
3: about. Okay. <laughs> how, could, how, how, could,
1: how could I do it? What, what's, what's the secret?
3: <laughs> well, um, hire some he, dummies like
2: Jason to do it for you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. Uh, and break out the money
2: in the Cayman Islands.
3: And in, in staffing and recruiting. Uh, it's interesting. There's a guy who's in the recruiting groups, like pitching the seven-figure. Seven uh, type, you know, hey, become a seven figure biller. So it for us, Is that is was, that
0: for an attorney like placing attorneys? Uh I think I who I have no idea. Hello? I
3: just can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm like to so hear you he talking about you were talking about
2: oh, somebody? For,
3: okay, so it was um so for you to scale from two million to thirty million, in our case yeah. it was acquiring more large Fortune five hundred accounts. So in the healthcare space, so these, so healthcare, you know, the HCA hospital groups, uh, Texas health. And then uh, our, one of our biggest clients was Aurora healthcare out in Milwaukee. So if you want to be able to scale that it's a tandem thing, we had to, we had to sign huge contracts where, you know, we were going to staff between, you know, hundred to 150 medical assistants inside of their emergency department. And so you had that. And in tandem, we had to have a, Huge staff of recruiters and you know junior recruiters we call them or recruiting assistants, because uh, we did a lot of on campus and you know college student or you know recruiting students out of the you okay know, but here's what whole-
1: okay fine, I understand that you're now you 're telling us the infrastructure. Yeah. I want to know how you got in the door. you were a no were just a little company, and now you're saying you got signed on these big companies. How did you get in the door, first of all? Then how did you persuade them to use you, okay? That's, I mean, you didn't even have the backup to do their job yet. I want to know how you built it from the ground up. Kathy, I'll, Kathy's blocked right now. I'm going to open her up in a minute. But first, I'm going to do an ad. Hey, everybody. My friend Nick Livingston uh, emailed me today. He's a CEO over at Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T. And he wanted me hey, to hey, tell you. did really this. email you today. Yes, he did. He emails me All right. before the
2: show. Somebody's to, uh, I'm not saying yours. I'm just saying in other venues, other other social sites, they make it seem like they just talked to this guy or that guy. You really talked or got an email from the guy today.
0: Yeah, I did. Okay.
2: All right. You know, Jerry is what you I call a, a frenemy. I find credibility to what you're going to say. I'm listening. Jerry is a,
1: a, a true frenemy. You know, we're friends. He's always against me. Okay? If he can't stab me in him. the back, if he can't stab me in the back, he's not happy. Okay? Now look. What he wanted me to tell you guys was that with Honit, you can schedule, screen, and submit talent faster. And you know why? Because Honit automatically records and transcribes phone interviews. So you can enjoy your conversation instead of taking notes. And you know what? They're transcribed, so they're searchable. All the important keywords, even in a long conversation, you can get right at
3: them. That is awesome.
1: Yeah. He says, instead of time-consuming write-ups, instead of, you know, having, yeah, instead of, you know, let me finish. Instead of, you know, time-consuming write-ups, Honit lets you create 30-second sound bites that bring your candidate submittals to life. And help others quickly hear a candidate's domain knowledge, technical skills, and personality. The system was why designed by recruiters why wouldn't you use this tool? Yeah, it's great. The system Usually. was designed by yeah, the system was designed by recruiters who tried all the video tools but realized it's the conversations that really count and the best part almost done, zero integration is required, simply connect your Google or Outlook calendar and place a Honit scheduling link anywhere in your workflow, Honit works with every ATS or CRM, you'll never look at phone interviews the same way again, once you've experienced Honit H-O-N-E-I-T, okay back to Jason Barber, do you have a middle name Jason? Uh, Lee L-E-E, Jason L. Barber Kathy, or uh, Kathy, uh, I'm coming back. Kathy, do you do you want to say something before I put you on hold again?
4: No, you can put me on hold. I need to get a donut. Okay. <laughs> you, need, yeah,
2: you need a donut. Hey, Kathy, okay. we're going to come visit one of these days, so be ready.
4: Get that guest house
2: up and running.
4: That house yeah. is waiting for you. Is it a yeah. four bedroom? What? Which house? Your, your guest house. The guest house has a big master and then... The living area has a uh, pull out couch in it. So it can sleep okay. for, okay. I would okay. say. Here. Or Here's some can sleep four, in the and big and house. Some got
1: dogs too. Okay. No, hey, some some you know what? I don't have dogs. House. <sighs>
2: no, okay. we have. Four. We have... Let's, let's get back to the guest. i He good. Yeah. Well, let's, let's good. Yeah. Well, you, start, you guys start this a home. It's a community building animal. So. It's all part of it, man. Yeah, and we have
4: room in the main house. I mean, we don't use it all. So there's plenty of room. We're going to have 18 people here in August.
2: Good, good. For you. Okay, yeah. Jason
1: Barber. Carl. Jason Lee Barber. Jason Lee Barber. This is the secret. It's taken us a half an hour to get to the thing. How how do you develop new business? That's the big okay.
3: question. Yeah. So so first off, um, I, I I'm a you know big proponent. I you know Rich Rosen writes about our messages a lot about this on the uh, Facebook group. It's finding a very tight niche market, right? So I I'm I'm not a I'm not from the school of you know being a generalist uh, i I just if you want if you want to waste your time and spin your wheels, I think being a generalist is you know uh, is a, a fast path to do that um, so for us in the medical assistance game, we found a very tight niche in the emergency department and so uh, and there was a lot of luck involved in this too so at the time uh in the in the late you know two thousands there was this new meaningful use uh, you, you know Policy that went in place that you know, these medical companies or the healthcare providers are going to have to move to electronic medical records, and so there's this huge shift from paper charting to electronic charting. Well, now when the government instituted this, it was kind of all this fluff like, oh, you're going to be more efficient with using you know electronic health record versus uh, paper charting, and because right. of that, they created this new demand, and so that's the other thing if you. For business development, if you're a new recruiter or you're looking to expand your business, go you have to find these nooks and crannies of, of new opportunity that ha- Let that me you tell you see.
1: something. That I work worked on that too. The electronic health record looking for there was nobody who had the right skills. And every state in the United States and every province in Canada was looking to do the same thing, okay? There was absolutely there was nobody to recruit. I, I,
3: you can find a niche that's a well, We created the market because what we did is we took really smart, you know, pre-health professional students. We taught them. We taught them how to use Epic, which at the time, Epic and Cerner are the two eight hundred pound gorillas in the you know hospital, you know, in the hospital EHR space. And we taught them how to use it. Then in return, we used them as like super users and went all over the country, and we were able to to train doctors we were able to help them go live and actually and then the main component of our business was actually staffing their emergency department with these medical assistants that would come in and do the EHR documentation for them. so we had to create that and we actually had on staff the professionals that works that have that medical experience with physicians and documents documenting at a you know, okay, well, that sounds you know that
1: sounds way different from just getting on the phone. That's a big capital investment to turn you your company into sort of a consulting firm that can can be the bird dog for all your future placements. Am I right about that?
3: Well, we were a full yeah. I think you are right about that. But it's still you get on the phone. You still got a prospect. I mean, it's not like you know you you still have to deal with. A, I mean, it's an incredible. It's a long. Uh, it's a long sales cycle. Anywhere from you know, six months, it couldn't be, you know, anywhere from, uh, it's, you know, there, it's a a confined space because we knew, we knew who our market scope was, right? We knew there's only so many medical directors within hospital, you know, health systems throughout the market. So we, we knew who to target. I mean, you you still have to do those things, but, you know, I I know I have, I know I I write about this a lot that, you know, you have to, you know, you can't be afraid of the phone. You have to get out there and prospect. But we still had to do that. I mean, I'd I'd still get my head kicked. Okay, in by so enough. hold
1: on. So let's here. What I'd like to do is separate this consulting business you started, where you're hiring these university students and training them on this software and then sending them around as super users, let's separate that from just getting on the phone. What I'm interested in, and I've been trying to pull out of you unsuccessfully for a half hour, what? is your sales technique. I asked you, what was your sales technique when you were 13? What was it when you were a car salesman? Now you're telling me, yeah, you're a big okay. proponent of getting on the phone and, and and you know talking to people, but I still haven't got any, you know, like, what do you talk to them about? How do you... Uh, get through to the person you I want to use, talk
3: to. I use the Jordan Belfort straight line sales system. I use. I'm a. I'm a proponent of the Jordan Belfort system, and I've been so doing that. The Wolf that, of Wall I, Street. The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, I am the wa- Wolf of Wall Street. I've gone through. I've poured through the videos. I've read all of his books. They're they're fantastic. I've done a version of that most of my career, but you know he kind of lays out the, the art and the science of you know the the prospecting process. So. First things first, you, you got to give a quick pitch, right? Like, hey, you know, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is what I can do for you. I uh, want to see if, you know, at the very least, if, if, you, if you're looking for uh, somebody to come in with, uh, we can provide medical assistance that can come in, make your life easier by documenting your medical record for you instead of you having to do it yourself. Would you be open to the idea of our team coming in and providing those staffing services? Just open to the idea. And so I do a quick pitch to see if they're even open to the idea. Then once I get the quick, once I do my little elevator, you know, we all know it in our business, the little quick elevator pitch of what it is that we do. Then the second step is you got to qualify. I think the biggest mistake recruiters and you know people in our business that do business development, they don't know how to qualify a prospect. They, I mean, I, I, I see it written on the, you know, I see it all throughout the threads of the online community, like, oh, you know, it's so hard, and they piss and moan and complain about how hard it is to work with clients. Well, 80% of that can be solved if you learn how to qualify a prospect. So the, the, the things that I'm qualifying a prospect for, first off, I want to find out, have you worked with a headhunter before? Have you worked with a, a, a recruiting or a staffing service before? What's your experience been like? Right. If they've never worked with, you know, if they've never worked with a staffing service or a headhunter before, then I know my my pitch and my proposition, my proposal is going to be tailored to their experience. Right. I mean, I know you guys know this, but for the listeners out there who are trying to I mean, they, they're trying to build their you know desk up and they're trying to build their business up. The biggest mistake they're making is they don't know how to qualify. You're, you're spending too much time talking to the wrong people. Whether whether you're prospecting via phone, whether you're emailing, whatever whiz bang stupid you know social selling, you're, you know you're doing whatever you're doing. Qualifying to me is well. Like how that do you make?
1: Behavior. How do you qualify? How do you make sure you're talking to the right person? Or if they say, "I have no experience in this," you know, with the recruiters before, what? How does that change your your presentation?
3: Yeah. So oh, that changes my presentation to where it's like, okay, so Michael. Um, So I take it you haven't worked with a headhunting firm or you haven't worked, well, staffing, let's just say, you know, a staffing firm before. Well, let me just tell you right off the bat, you know, we're not cheap to work with. So uh, I I could probably give you sticker shock with how much, you know, our services are going to cost. Now, let me ask you this. You know, what's then I'm going to I'm going to unpack, Michael, what's the cost? What's the pain to you for not having this position filled? And then I want to take a deep dive there to see if I can create value with that prospect to make sure, Hey, are they suffering financially? Are they, there's some kind of suffering taking place because this role hasn't been filled. Does that make sense? What
1: do they usually say? What do they say? What, how do they answer that question about the pain?
3: Well, if they answer like, no, you know, everything's going to be fine. You know, it'll be one of two things. No, everything's fine. You know, we're just, we're just kind of out there, you know, we're waiting for the right culture fit. And when they start going into that nonsense, like, Oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Either they're fronting me, like they're you know BSing me, because they wouldn't have called me back, right? If if, if a prospect calls you back, if you whether you leave a you know, email them, whatever you social touch out to them in LinkedIn, whatever crap you use to get a hold of them, a voicemail. I do a lot of voicemails, emails, and you know LinkedIn messages. When you do that, they wouldn't if they weren't curious and had some kind of need, they wouldn't have gotten back with you, right? And so the second thing is, if they start fronting me like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal, I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep pressing to find if there's true pain there, right? I'm probing, uh, you know, say, how, how, it, you know, how
1: do you probe? I, wanna, I have to do an ad for Hire Tool, and then I'll be back. Sure. You know, there's only three ads in the show, but I, maybe I drag them out too long. It seems like there's more. Okay. Hey, everybody. Hire Tool, H I R E T U A L, it is still the number one sourcing tool everybody still loves it and i'm just going to tell you how to use it very briefly you go to hiretool.com you don't have to know boolean strings you don't have to create a boolean string you just describe your. who's making that noise is someone eating potato chips hey stop it okay you just your search in don't make that noise in regular english language and uh they create the boolean string for you they create the search string and they search a wide range of websites linkedin facebook github stack overflow and many many more then they return a list of candidates ranked from top to bottom. They guess what these people are earning, what their salary ranges are. They guess who might be most likely to make a move right now. Boom, and you're off and running. And they are very good at supplying professional and personal contact information, phone numbers and email addresses. That's what they came, uh, they actually became famous for at first because you know you can try it out for free. They've got a Chrome extension. You can download it at HireTool.com and check it out. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Back to our guest, Jason Barber. He's going to give us a secret now. I want to know, uh, how do you, when they when they start, you know, getting vague and say they don't have any problems and you believe they do, uh, how do you drag it out of them?
0: Yeah. So,
3: um, if they, if, like I said, they're going to front. One, one of the things, one of the things that I like to ask is, you know, why is, why are you looking or why is the position open and they'll usually go into one of three directions right uh the position's open because they're looking to grow and expand that business line like we're uh, for it let's just use the con since I, I i don't work in the healthcare space anymore i'm back in the automotive space in the automotive space uh you know the major reason is hey we're looking to expand uh our fixed operations footprint you know right now you know we're expanding we're going to have more bays blah 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 right and so that's the first reason. The second reason is, hey, my guy just quit or my gal just quit, and I'm I'm gonna, I mean, on March 10th I I need to have somebody. March 11th I need to have somebody. Okay, so number two or number three, what we call a a, a tire kicker, We're like you know, you know, the person there, they're just not, you know, I feel like they're not giving it their all, or, you know, they're they're just kind of mediocre, right? And so that's the first thing. I want to know why they're looking. I want to know the why, and if I can so find that. So that last the one,
1: why. the last one, they've all they've already got someone in the in the position, and they haven't committed to firing that person. But that's what they're thinking about. Is that what you're telling me?
3: Yeah, they're you know that's why they field the call. Sometimes they'll you know put a blind ad out, you know, confidential search, blah blah blah, something like that. And you know, but but the key is you've got to figure out. And I know a lot of recruiters know to do this, but a lot of times recruiters forget to do this. You got to find out. Why, why are they needing somebody? And so you got to separate those that are urgent. And this is a pain from those that are just tire kickers. And I would say, and I've learned this the hard way doing this now, you know, 10 years, whether it's doctors that are tire kickers, whether it's a, you know, a general manager or a dealer principal, that's a tire kicker. Tire kickers cost us more money than anything else in our business, right? You, You get a tire kicker, you get a hiring manager, there's just, you know, they, the, the devil they know is better than the devil they don't know, right? I try to, I try to avoid those searches. I, I really do. I, unless I know I'm going to qualify them. I use, I like, you know, Scott Love. He has a he kind of put out this deal where you can like qualify a search for like some kind of scoring rubric, right? I, I'm not smart enough to do his entire scoring rubric. He's a really smart guy. I'm a simple guy. So I try to, you know, I try to keep it, you know, scaled with them. Like, hey, on a scale 1 to 10, let me ask you this, Michael. On a scale 1 to 10, 1 being, you know, hey, we'll, we'll wait patiently for the right person to come, come along or 10. If, if you found a highly qualified person today or yesterday, would you, you know, would you hire them? What, what, what's your sense of urgency? To me, that's kind of the magic or that's kind of the central point of am I going to waste my – because I feel like our precious resource in recruiting is time. And so am I going to waste my time calling, prospecting, linkedin Facebooking, whatever crap or whatever AI fancy tool you're using now to source people to get them on the hook if I just have some, you know, tire kicker out there that just kind of okay. doesn't, you know. Okay, so hold on. The they say,
1: okay, Jason Lee, uh, I'm a four. What are you going to do? What, what, what do you say next?
3: I am going to – I'm going to bail. I'm like, okay, you're okay. Okay. I'm going to be pleasant. And I'm going to like, all right, well, let me send, I'll send you a follow-up on, you know, how how our process works. And I have like this, you know, fancy, you know, PDF that, you know, really highlights our process and how, what separates us as a recruiting firm from just a, you know, agency, your run-of-the-mill internet recruiter that just throws resumes at people. And, you know, I send them that. And when, if, if their sense of urgency changes, I'll put them like on a, you know, kind of a calendar reminder to reach out in 30 days. Well, what if they say,
1: if so you're giving them the kiss-off, you say, okay, look, I won't press you on this. Uh, I'll just stay in touch over time. And they say, well, you know what, if you want to go look and you know, present a good person to me, I'll take a look at them. What would you say?
3: I'm like, well, hey, absolutely, Michael. If if, if the person, you know, if I talk to, if I come across a person in my network that I feel like could be a good fit, I'll absolutely you know, send them your way, run them by you, and get you know your first. Okay, but you know, I but
1: you make it clear to them. Well, oh, but I'm not going to do a search on 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 this. Seriously. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm doing
3: that. A- no, absolutely not, absolutely not. Okay, a- and I have clients that you know are tire kickers, right? And you know, yeah, absolutely not. Because what am I going to do? I am out digging for gold. I'm trying to find our business is really trying to find the folks that are they have a sense of urgency. Their company, they're losing money or something bad. What if they're a seven?
1: What if they say no? No, let's. We don't have much time. What if they say I'm a seven, Jason? On a scale of one right, to ten, I'm a seven. Yeah.
3: All right. All right. Well, then we get the process going. I tell them, all right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a world.
1: I would say eight, <laughs> yeah. isn't eight or eight or above. Really, what you're well, looking for?
3: Well, here's the thing. I always use it. It's just <laughs> like compensation, all right? It's always a rule. Like I always have a rule of thumb that says they're always. They're kind of. They don't want to. Sh- appear desperate. So they back off about 10, 20%. Right. So if they are a seven, they're probably really an eight. If they are a four, they're uh-huh. probably really eight, right. So I kind of use that as a, but seven's kind of my go-to number. If they tell me, um, yeah. So I always, same thing with, when a candidate tells me um, you know, what comp range that they're looking for, I always subtract 10 to 15% from that. Cause that's really, if, if the opportunity were right, that's really what they probably you know, they they might be open to taking. So oh. if they tell me 150, I know maybe we can might be able to get them if if all the stars aligned at 130 or
2: 135. Okay, uh, I'm just is curious. That your you goal say you have a. Be- their lowest dollar amount? What's that? Is, is that is that your goal to get to to get the hires at the lowest amount they would take? I mean that's very. Um, not politically correct right now now it's you 're really not even supposed to do that you 're just supposed to go shoot for the highest dollar amount that they could possibly in their mind work for in good conscience
3: you know i uh, you know by the way, I never got to say this um, i 've been wanting to uh, mention this but uh yeah that that isn 't the goal, but I mean comp can be kind of a a funny thing right so yeah yeah so you 're At the end of the day, there's theory and reality. In theory, yes, you know everybody'd like to make you know as much as they can. I get that, but in reality, you're getting paid what a job's worth, not what you're worth, right? And so when I know what the job is worth and what the candidate thinks you know they're worth, you try to find as close as you can to it. That's all I mean by that. So okay, but what if
1: they what if they tell you 150, then you assume that 140 is good enough, and you come back with 140. Well, how do you put it to them? They say I want 150, Jason. Uh, and you you come back the next day and say they're offering you one hundred forty. What 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 do you say? How do you get them to accommodate that?
3: Um I I tell them uh can I I I use leverage. And so what Not am play I no more? Is,
2: play no more. <laughs> I, I, say no more. I don't know what what does that what does that well, mean? I, don't, I, don't what, know about I that use lemons, but here you do. I, I they got you. Say no more. I don't. I don't know what it means. I don't know. Does
1: anybody? <laughs> Phil, Mike, my Phil from England, Michael G. Cox. Do you know what it means? like he's lemons. An English guy isn't gonna know.
2: Michael G. Cox okay. is gonna know, but he's not allowed to say. I, I need, I need oh, to okay. Say
0: I'm sorry. What was it? You're, oh, okay. no, if
3: you're a if you're an in-house recruiter, you're hosed, right? I mean, if you're internal, if you're an internal recruiter, I mean, you you have way more, you have way more to lose. You have so many. Your hands are tied. You're you're in handcuffs. Whereas a you know, as an agency recruiter or a you know, a third party, you know, we we have so much more flexibility. I, um, so you know, what what I'm going to do is I am in, in going what way
0: to, again? I'm sorry. What's that going to tell handcuffs.
3: us? Well, because I you, don't know. I mean, what, what, all the laws, and you're not allowed to ask what they're currently making. Like, I know it's illegal yes, in I California, am. but I still – I know – I still ask. I find out what people are currently making. Even though it's yeah. against the law, I still find out. Now, some people who work for a corporation, you know, that's all the rage.
1: Who's that? Come on.
3: So Go ahead. But at the end of the but at the end of the day, if if they want 150, my client's coming back to 140, what I'm going to do is kind of put it out there and say, hey, listen, you know, I, I know you're looking – I know, Michael, you're looking for 150, and I know, you know, that's kind of the comp package that is important to you. Let me ask you a question. You know, if they came back with 140 based upon their research, blah, blah, blah. How would you feel about that? Am I offending you? Are you going to walk away? Okay. So you, or, okay.
1: You pre-close, you pre-close at a lower price than they're asking for That's That's your, that's your solution to the problem,
3: right? Yeah. But I, but I still, yes. And I, but I still put it in a, um, I still put it in a, Hey, let's talk about it. Feel good type. Even though it's so contradictory to my temperament, because I'm a very direct go for the juggler temperament. I know when you're dealing with candidates and the money, it's a very, very sentimental, it's, 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 Really private for them. It's really, I mean, they. Some people. Yeah, but wouldn't
1: wouldn't a uh, wouldn't a candidate be foolish to say, yeah, I'll consider 140. I mean, because that gives you an open door to come back with 140 and think that you know, I'm going to be able to work with you know, instead of pressing the the company. No, he wants 150, and you're going to have problems if you're coming with 140. If he tells you, yes, I'll take less than I want, then. it's not good for him well, most,
3: or her, yeah, but most candidates don't do that. I mean, most candidates come back and say, "You know, you know, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, for me to make a move, blah 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 i I really need to be at that one fifty mark, and then you know, yeah, uh, then and, you and know, I, it's
2: pretty firm there, and that's the yeah. that's the deal, so yeah, yeah, and then you go Mike. back,
3: to, yeah, you go back a, to the hiring manager and you say, "Hey, listen, listen, I know you guys want to be at one forty, you know this to get this person to make this happen." You're going to need to be at 150. Can we make this happen? Are they, I mean, can uh, you you like them? You you did 10 interviews, blah, blah, whatever their process was. I mean, surely, surely we're not going to walk away from an opportunity here over $10,000 at the end of the day. And then I'm going to turn back the value prop, right? Let me, let me tell you this, Michael, at the end of the day, this person's going to make you an extra $2 million next year by doing X, Y, Z what's $10,000. And uh-huh. like, oh, how much
1: how much day. does the Jordan Belford co- course cost? The Jordan is the Wolf uh, Belford. How much does it cost? Twenty two hundred dollars. Twenty two hundred? Twenty two hundred? Yeah. And you but he thinks it's <laughs> Tell me this pin, baby. No, you I think just, it's worth I just, it though.
3: No, I, I actually I I did I I took the bootleg version on YouTube <laughs> and I bought a fit. <laughs> oh, <of> course, <laughs> I'm not paying I'm a recruiter, we're cheap. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I just bought his book, and I, I like reading. Anyways, I mean, for me, reading, I, I digest it better, and watching a bunch of videos, I kind of, I get distracted. What's the name of his book?
1: book? What's the name of his book?
3: It's called The Straight Line Selling System by Jordan Belfort.
1: Okay, and you recommend it?
3: Oh, it's phenomenal. He recommends
1: yeah. the bootleg version.
3: I, I've done, I've done all the, I've done, you know, the Challenger sale. I've done all the you know, Brian Tracy stuff. I've read over a thousand sales books, recruiting books. Um, and, and this is by far the, the just simplest, most beautiful, most elegant, you know, breakdown of, of what we do as salespeople as, you know, recruiters. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Wow, a matter of fact, an endorsement. If you guys, if you guys send me an email, I'll buy every one of you guys, everybody on this call, I'll buy you a copy of the book and I'll send it to you. As a thank you for letting me be on the recruiting animal show because I love I love the I love just the excitement, the energy. I will send to get I will i I'll buy you guys a copy.
2: I can't read. Okay. Hey, Jerry doesn't read books. Buy yeah. him the audible. No, I, no I, I simply can't read books. My my brain won't let me. Oh, I see. Hey it's hey, it's really very odd. odd. Yeah.
3: Well, one final thing, I'm a Jerry. I'm a big fan. I'm also a part of your Facebook group, recruiters who actually make placements. Oh, uh, what of, a group! Like a, like a what, what group is that again? Fan. Recruiters <laughs> who actually make placements.
2: And okay. <laughs> not the people online. You're, you're one of the stars. Jason <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Lee Barber, thank you. <laughs> oh!